0: That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome. I
1: am Andrew Dice. And I am Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the minute. A minute by minute rewatch of Dawn of Justice. We have got the first 10 minutes down. That's old news. We are moving on to minute 11.
0: It's a very different minute. Like that first 10 minutes is is gone and this is a different movie now.
1: It's dense. It is packed with plot. We are going to have to break it down probably scene by scene. (laughs) Surely there must be more than like two. I will say
0: one of the most visually striking... Yeah, minutes of the well, movie, especially as a transition, it's a it's a major contrast. Yeah,
1: and we are going to be introduced to one of my new favorite characters of the film, um, <laughs> one of uh, a, and a lot of the geopolitical plots and and themes that are going to be, I guess, layered on even before we get to Superman. Really, in this story. W- without further ado, I guess if if you have nothing else, Stephen, we can we can move into minute eleven. In the words of the immortal Jackie Moon, "Let's get tropical."
0: Let's do it. So we didn't actually get the Wayne logo on the satellite in this one, but shortly after that in uh, chronologically speaking, we do pan over in case you were wondering what was going on here to the Wayne, is it Wayne financial logo in the wreckage? I think very much hammering home that this is sort of a, almost like the death of this version of Bruce that they've introduced us into and we're getting a sort of new version going forward.
1: Totally inverted.
0: Yeah, it's upside down. It's in the rubble. I don't know if is that is that too too subtle or or too on the nose. Yeah, I mean, is it
1: (laughs) is it the basic shape of the Justice League badge Mm -hmm. for the film, or is the I'm very confused. I would love to speak with the graphic designer who came up with this as the logo for Wayne Financial because it is literally three lines Mm -hmm. and I don't know where I'm supposed to get the W out of it or if that's like playing on the Wayne Enterprises logo.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's something- Like Wayne
1: Financial is like bar graphs.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Well, and that's something that I wondered also because Wayne Financial, normally Wayne Enterprises in, in at least most of the Batman that I've read is sort of the company- yeah, and here I think they they sort of split it up more between like what Wayne Financial. Do they reference others like Wayne Industrial or or anything? Yeah, I can't like remember that? which one was
1: on the satellite. I don't think it was financial.
0: So yeah, but that's yeah, a really interesting sort of. I don't. They don't really do anything with it that I can think of offhand. I guess it,
1: it kind of. I guess in like. I mean, obviously we haven't gotten here yet, but in contrast to companies like Facebook or Google that are kind of like branded, you know, as a As a brand first Mm -hmm. I guess putting Wayne Enterprises We see Wayne Financial It is Implicitly An older Diversified Kind of Those companies
0: Yeah Or you know It could also be there's a question that people might ask of why is he in Metropolis? Wayne Wayne Enterprises is located in Gotham. And it, so it would be sort of like maybe like a New York Stock Exchange yeah, exactly. thing. Like yeah, sure, the headquarters is in Gotham, but their financial center Where else would they be is in Metrop- is in like you know the financial district of Metropolis. Yeah, that works for me. Yeah, let's go with that. I don't
1: think there's anything else in the shot, just that how much I loved, we kind of talked about how this, this 10 minutes wrapped up and it is like just the hammering music. Remember this is what this guy is seeing. Anytime he, even if we're going to jump forward in time, which we do, um, we jump the, it will never
0: not be interesting amount of time of 18 months later. What's exactly a year and a half, I guess. I don't know why not two years or no. Yeah. I've, or it's not a 5 Year. years <laughs> later exactly yeah. yeah it is
1: it is like presented with inverted font color right from the you know the world is introduced to the superman oh that's a cool pull out yeah. but i don't know it always fascinates me i don't know why and i remember in the theater i read that and thought boy i'm going to definitely listen to hear in the movie if there is something that would potentially take 18 months But I think what I really left the theater thinking is 18 months is probably the amount of time it takes for people to not really think about something on a daily basis, right? Like if a disaster happens, you get to the first year anniversary of it and then everyone Mm -hmm. remembers it. And then after a while, that is kind of the switch to like, okay, now we all do have to go on living our lives. Yeah. And let's give that a little bit of time. But I appreciate the beautiful poetic symmetry that as non-specific and eerily specific as 18 months later is, so too is somewhere in the Indian Ocean.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that always thought that was interesting because we know where it is. It's where the world engine landed. So therefore, it's, this is literally the, the exact polar opposite end of the world because that's how that world engine worked, right? It basically formed new gravitational poles or something. Mm -hmm, Um, you know, and so literally we're on the other side of the world from what we just saw. Yeah.
1: And this cut is, I don't know if it's because of my general, you know, fondness for the movie, but, there's so many things in this shift. This is often a, a a frame of the film posted, you know, in in kind of opposition to the idea that Man of Steel and Batman v Superman are like colorless or oh, yeah. drab. What is the absolute opposite? You know, the the opposite of the
0: gray that we're getting in the city. Concrete and the smoke. Exactly. And the, yeah. Yeah, well, you go from the explosion and the music to you have the color and the and the lapping of the yeah. waves. And the most
1: serene yeah. setting you could possibly Yeah, there's in.
0: this destruction of the world engine in the background also. Yeah. We're at the end of that first 10 minutes, and it's really visually closing the book on yeah. it. It's the, that 10 minutes ends almost at 10 minutes on the dot. We get the eighteen months later, and then it's like, oh, we're on the opposite end of the earth, on the of the world. The color palette is completely different. Everything that happened the, in Man of Steel is gone.
1: Was yeah. uh, you know literally on the other side of the world from these people. Like the the remains yeah. are, are here of what happened, but it, the you know I guess like the literal waves that it turned up could not be. More calm now, only just a year and a half later. Yeah. And then even in the shot, you, we get the reveal. There is, it's one of the few times where I wish I knew more about the lenses and cameras that are used because of the soft vignette quality almost to the, to the frame of it fading a little bit to black on. And you can see the arc of the horizon. Oh, yeah. I, it's just, it's, it is a shot that it occurs at no other time. You know what? It is almost the kind of shot that is impossible with a skyline. So with nothing, and I even remember for man of steel, we get a shot of uh, a fisherman. I don't know if that's explicitly in the Indian ocean. I think it is just as peaceful as serene, uh, but we find out, I guess, the the big twist here is that while all seems calm, uh, this is where the seeds of Superman's destruction <laughs> have been sown. Yeah, here.
0: well, I found this really interesting. It happens a little bit more in the next minute. But what's really fascinating about this is these kids aren't stumbling upon this. This is an acti- like something that clearly is a regular activity of theirs. A new form of salvage. Yeah, exactly. There's a, there's the, the, I think you can see barricades are set up, but they've got a boat, they've got goggles, they know what they're looking for, they've got an idea of what it is that they found. It very much implies that, yeah, there's a market for, for this. And it's not, maybe not necessarily the stones, but I remember in the prequel comics that came out, there is a a whole bunch of stuff about the technology the kryptonian technology that was recovered and developed by Wayne well, it, would, it would have been Wayne yeah. industrial or we know whatever branch that was now that we're concerned Wayne about the technologies yeah. yeah yeah Wayne Aerospace I know that's <laughs> that's one in Justice League or it was supposed to be and anyway that was that was the hangar that they that they turned into the Batcave by having bats fly through it even though there's sun shining in the windows um as, but sticking with this one, that was the, the sort of the, the majority of the focus of the prequel comics that sort of tied in was how Lex Luthor and Bruce Wayne were collecting this technology and turning it into weapons. And when I've, I've watched the movie, obviously, numerous times and always kind of thought, you know, I feel like there's some stuff that was presented in those prequel comics that they didn't really tie in very cleanly. Like that seems like a really cool arc like why is lex not reference having more yeah. kryptonian weapons or or how is how does bruce how is bruce's like armor suit later on just kind of almost a medieval sort of like it's just it's just this iron suit apparently when you know why isn't it more like Jor-El's Suit, if presumably he could have recovered something right. like that. Kind of going through it minute by minute, you look at a scene like this and you realize that's exactly what this is. It's showing there is a market for this. People are out there looking for it. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's, it's not a big moment. It doesn't factor into, obviously, the, the, the kryptonite factors into the plot, but like the whole market for kryptonian technology doesn't. But it is very apparent here that that's what they do. Well,
1: and I think it is. it adds to like the. The kind of themes that are not spoken about in the movie, but are visible more than once that in this part of the world that Americans or the West rarely thinks about. The, the, the white, right, industrialists or people working for Western interests, even if not like I'm, I'm not implying a, a strictly racial thing to it. Agents of the West coming in and finding out, you know, all these people are lined up, we see. With the things that, yeah. that these men typically come for, um, mm-hmm. which is you know maybe there's an industry here of of finding finding things for the people yeah. that are clearly here for this and taking it back to do who knows what with it. It's probably not going to impact them at all.
0: Yeah, well, and people have sort of a and maybe this is stretching too much into the into the next minute, but but there's people that sort of have a livelihood that's derived from from this, and it sort of echoes back to Man of Steel and Jonathan Kent's concern about Superman revealing right. himself was just the fact that the, the nature of him existing changes is yeah. going to change the world. Yeah. And maybe it'd be a good change or a bad change. Who knows? But he needs to be ready to deal with that change. And that was, that was sort of the concern of, you know, if you're going to change the world, let's let you become a, a man and, and know how to properly handle that first. Yeah. And, uh, obviously this doesn't have to deal with Superman being a man so much, but it does show that yeah, there there's people whose lives are entirely different now because of his appearance. Now they're, you know, scavengers. Yeah. And,
1: and I, and I, I appreciate, I don't want to, <laughs> it's so funny. I was going to say, I don't want to inject politics into this movie. This movie is like filled <laughs> with enough politics on its own, but you don't, like, you, you don't yeah. do that by accident. I don't think it's any accident that we move from here to Africa to, um, the middle of, uh, a military political conflict that all of this is like we are taking our first step into the modern setting of this movie it feels to me anyway of what America and the West is and isn't interested in yeah. having a, a massive impact on what our heroes are, right? What our perspective of the world becomes, how it is challenged, what people are willing to believe on on either side of it.
0: Yeah. Well, and all the people that are manipulated in order to, to help them achieve that. Yeah.
1: I alluded to this in the previous minute, but the at the exact 11-minute mark, we have uh, – hold on, I have it written down here. Richard Burden playing (laughs) island scientist which is interesting because i didn't think of him as a scientist but um he looks up from the rocks that he has been handed and locks eyes with something at this point in the movie we don't even know what it is like we have absolutely no idea what it is but he he's clearly there for a reason and looking for something one could even say there is no way he could possibly know what they have wrapped up in there but when when you have kids finding something that they don't that they might not completely understand it is like automatically a comment on innocence
0: yeah well they're they just think they're going out and finding these Things. rocks yeah. or whatever well and who who he's it's, that was one of the questions that i had is if this guy is just credited as an island scientist my question taking a more narrow focus on this by just in the the minute by minute approach was is he there on behalf of Lex looking for this and maybe he is but I kind of almost get the impression that maybe he's not He's there for scientific purposes. Yeah. He's, and Lex, you know, wants to acquire it when he finds out about it. Cause I imagine if, if he was there on behalf of Lex, you know, Lex wouldn't have nearly so much trouble getting it into the country, right? Well, and he that just, would draw so much attention. Yeah. He would just smuggle it in if it, if he was the one that discovered it initially. Why is Lex
1: Luthor interested in. Yeah. And so this crash site. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you said, I almost don't want to skew. I don't want to let it skew my perspective too much, but this was mm-hmm. always a scene for me that played as. I, I read it, I think the first time as who is this guy working for, mm-hmm. because he doesn't speak, right? He isn't given enough really to, to think of him as even a supporting character. He is like an instrument of something. Yeah, And I just assumed, yeah, oh, this makes sense. Lex would be paying people to keep their eye out, like you said, for any of this technology or whatever. If you take the island scientist and assume, okay, this is a scientist who knows what he is looking for. He's not looking at these things people are bringing him as, is this valuable? He's looking at it, is this scientifically significant? Then I think just the way that your brain would fill that in, right? Like he finds it, makes it known that this has been made. And then Lex on his own, like discovers or not discovers, I guess, is monitoring because we know that he's been kind of pulling his strings for months by the time we get even to hear that this is what he's been waiting for as kind of the piece to get things moving. And then, yeah, like you said, the whole having it brought because I want to have it, but I don't really want to make my interest in this totally known publicly, I guess. Why would LexCorp? Well,
0: and- and I'm sure we'll we'll break this down more later, because this is far beyond this minute. Did he even need to pull any strings to get into the country, or was that all just to get it on Batman's right. radar, knowing that securing an import license would put it on Batman's radar, whereas if he had just smuggled it in... Because he never had an intention to use it on his own. His intention after, you know, having watched watch it, looking back here, his intention was um, to get it into Batman's hands so Batman could use it on his behalf.
1: The the fact that it's kids, more than any other character in this movie, I guess they are personally responsible for <laughs> everything that happens here.
0: <laughs> that is a good point. So yeah.
1: I don't want to say that they are guilty. And I I would stop short of saying that ignorance is not the same as Innocence, (laughs) but I think it is probably worth keeping in mind that at this point in the movie, though we don't even know what it is, it is clear from the look on Island Scientist's face that I'm going to assume he is Scientist Island, like that is his actual name. (laughs) Um, He's Gilligan. There you go. So Professor Gilligan, Dr. Gilligan, discovers... We don't know what it is, but from the look on his face, it's clear that these kids have found something.
0: And he knows what
1: it is and they don't. Yeah. And this is going to be, I, 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 really enjoy the use of that world engine. The message it sends is that this has been forgotten yeah, even by us. Right. Like we have that moment yeah. of, Oh, right. That thing is still there in the ocean. Well, I guess. And like
0: there's barricades in the ocean, which in the context that you just put it in is really funny because it, it's very much like we went there and like put up these barriers um, like, Hey, don't. Don't mess with this. And then just keep away. Kind of. Yeah. (laughs) There we did. We did. We secured the area. Our work here is done. Don't look at the thing. And it's really interesting for you to call out the the ignorance and innocence line from from a few minutes from now, because that's also a, a scene where the scene sort of develops and then KG beast shows up there. We're jumping so far ahead, but in the sort of the same way of you're like, oh, wait, there is something there is someone that doesn't belong here who is pulling strings to manipulate the situation. And so we don't know about, you know, island scientists motivations, but you see this scene developing and these kids don't really know what they're doing they're playing into someone else's machinations here and that kind of seems to be a trend of of ignorance and innocence and and it being you know revealed that someone that that is not of the local population Mm -hmm. pulling those strings on behalf of a larger shadowy figure yeah
1: the question isn't what is happening because we find that we've watched these kids dig this thing up without knowing what it is so yeah it's not important what it is what's important is what is your interest in it
0: Yeah. Well, and we don't even, yeah, we don't even know what it is yet either in this minute. We don't find out until, until, uh, just so long from now. Yeah. Um, when, when Island Scientist really shows why he was cast
1: in the part. Mr. Burden, well done. It is, I mean, there aren't buildings, but I do appreciate the, the introduction to the story that this disaster that took place. In an American city, they build a park to memorialize. They have this reconstruction. They have a military compound and blockade set up with maximum security. And then on the other side of the world where-
0: It's literally like as far away as you can get. Yeah.
1: They're like, eh, I don't know. Have some ships Mm parked there, maybe put up some barricades. Who cares? It doesn't matter that literally the most dangerous thing that has come from all of this is going to be there because we don't care to look. I appreciate that. That will do it for a minute 11. We have gone from field and forest at autumn to city streets. We've now gone to the tropics of the Indian Ocean. We will see where we go in the next minute because I don't want to get anybody's hopes up. Well, we are about to meet the honorary third co-host of <laughs> Batman v. Superman by the minute. But in the meantime, for the sake of island scientists and our listeners, just give us a taste.
0: Miss Lane! Miss Lane!
1: Jimmy Olsen, photographer. You! Come on, no, no! No! It's okay, Lois. I'm aqua I'm
0: Wayne Aerospace, I know that's one in Justice League, or it was supposed to be in, anyway. That was the hangar that they turned into the Batcave by having bats fly through it, even though there's sun shining in the windows. But sticking with this one. Hello, my sweets, and welcome to today's tutorial. Today, I'm going to show you how to shade.